Welcome back to Movie Babble Presents Babble with Brennan. I'm your host, Brennan Bay. We're here with Nick. How's it going, Nick? What's going on, Brennan? Not much, not much. It's going to be a great show today. I mean, we, we're getting into 2020 a couple weeks in, and I thought it would be great to do a most anticipated of the year kind of podcast, a little bit of a rundown. Um, we didn't really think that the grudge was going to make either of our lists, <laughs> so, so we decided, you know what, we don't have to rush, it, rush for it uh, right on kind of the turn of the year into 2020. We can wait a couple weeks. <laughs> um, so it's going to be no particular order. We'll save kind of our most anticipated for last, but we're kind of just going to run through uh, 10 films that we're really looking forward to with a few honorable mentions near the end as well. Um, Nick, you want to start things off for us? Yeah. Um, so weirdly, weirdly enough, my first movie doesn't have a title. Um, right now it's uh, billed as Untitled uh, uh, Lila Neugebauer Project. I think that's how you say her last name. But she is a longtime playwright. She's worked with Kenneth on again a lot on, on the stage and whatnot. So a lot of pedigree there. Um, this is a movie coming from A24. And um, it's a really, I think it's a massively important movie for them because it's starring Jennifer Lawrence in kind of her return to the screen because she hasn't really filmed anything in a really long time. I mean, we had Dark Phoenix come out this last year, but there were so many reshoots and stuff like that. That movie just it took forever. And so she really hasn't, I think it was actually, she took a year off from like working on any projects, kind of like deal with like whatever she wanted to deal with. And I think that was probably good for her because I feel like there's a moment in there where, you know, where we kind of, we kind of all just turned on Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I felt kind of bad because, I mean, a lot of like her personal stuff was just, it was just all over the news and everything. It just felt like, I don't know, it was, it was a really bad wave of press and just things going on in her life. And you can kind of see that from the last couple movies that she made. I mean, Mother and Red Sparrow are just very angry movies. And they, they're just, it feels like she's getting a lot off her chest in those. But um, I don't really know what this movie is about. But it, it seems like from the log line, basically all we have is that it's a movie about a soldier um, who suffered a traumatic brain injury in, in the war in Afghanistan, who's back home, kind of just struggling to adjust back to life. Um, and it stars Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry. So just two really good people to put in your movie. Um, yeah, I don't really know what this is about, but I at this point, you got to trust A24, and they just have a really good picker for things. And it's first-time writer, first-time director on the screen. Um, they just have they have a way of getting really important and thoughtful voices on screen. So I don't – besides that, I don't really know anything about this movie, but I, I would bet money on it that's going to be really great for them. Yeah, I mean that that's definitely going to be a big one for Jennifer Lawrence. I think that that's that's going to be a huge return, and I mean she's got the star power, obviously. And I, I agree with you. I feel bad for kind of what happened to her. I think that we just got so much of her in such a short amount of time, and it seemed like people just I don't know they they just kind of love to hate her for a little bit. But I mean she is such a talent, and it's going to be great to see her back in a good role. Yeah, and it's so true though. I feel like we did really get inundated for a while, and it seems like yeah, people just kind of were. It was like one of those things where she's just so popular that everyone just started just getting like, just turning on her for that. Um, but yeah, this is 2020 is going to be a big year for her. Cause she has this and she's also starting, uh, starring in the next Adam McKay movie uh, called bad blood, which is based off of uh, Elizabeth Holmes and the Theranos debacle. Um, there's a really good, uh, HBO documentary on that called the inventor out for blood in Silicon Valley, which I saw back at Sundance last year. Um, so yeah, it's, She's that's a great role for her. It's probably like the most perfect casting you can do. Um, but yeah, she's she's coming back a big time in 2020. And I think this one, this movie is going to be really a really special, just probably smaller 
um, budget and a lot of just showing how good Jennifer Lawrence is as an actress because she's just really great. I think we've kind of forgotten that in the past couple of years. Yeah, I really like that. I think it's important for actors and actresses just to kind of tone it back sometimes and do a smaller film and really just focus on their strengths. And this seems like it's really going to play to her strengths. So that's a that's a pretty good first pick there. I'll jump into mine now. It's to Five Bloods. It's a Spike Lee film. His first one since, obviously, Black Klansman in 2018. And this is big because it's a Netflix film. Um, they're coming out big. I mean, they got Spike Lee. They got uh, David Fincher film coming out this year as well. Um, but this is this is a pretty interesting one. It's kind of billed as an epic war drama. It's about four uh, African-American Vietnam vets. They return to Vietnam in search of... Uh, the remains of one of their fallen squad leaders. It's a war epic, and uh, apparently this film might be well over two and a half hours, so that's that's a pretty interesting thing. I always love when uh, films are built as epics, and they're just, they just have these gargantuan run times, and it seems like it might be similar to um, Scorsese's Irishman with kind of the Netflix deals. Maybe Spike Lee couldn't have gotten this film to be this long with another studio. Um, who knows? But you have a pretty good cast here. Chadwick Boseman's in this film. Paul Walter Hauser's in this film. Jonathan Majors is in this film. Giancarlo Esposito is in this film. You have a great cast there. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so that's to Five Bloods. I don't know when it's coming out. They don't quite have a set release date yet, but it is going to be later on this year, and it'll probably be playing for some awards as well. Yeah, my bet is that's definitely... Same with um, the Untitled Jennifer Lawrence movie. These Both of these movies are probably going to come out in the fall sometime because it's just, yeah, just a lot of great star power. And, yeah, I'm very looking forward to this film as well because it's, yeah, Netflix is the kind of what Netflix has been doing with all these just great filmmakers is they're just going to overpay and just kind of let them do whatever they want. So that's how you get a three and a half hour long Scorsese movie. Um, and all these things, that's how Marriage Story be, gets all the, these great stars and the budget that it has. So, yeah, it's at this point, whenever there's a big name uh, going to Netflix, I get really excited because they they have a lot of shit. And I think in my worst of the year call, uh, column that I wrote that, that like a third of the movies were Netflix originals. They make so many bad movies. But um, <laughs> <laughs> when they have like when you have when you see someone like Spike Lee show up uh, on the on this on the service, that's something that you got to. Uh, look out for because it's probably going to be something at least that's wildly interesting and it's going to be great also to kind of highlight jonathan majors and get him a little bit uh, more into the scene yeah and he's like i've said earlier like on other pods his performance in the last black man in san francisco was probably my favorite of the year uh, at least on on the male side of everything um he's just outrageously good in that and i'm sure he's i'm sure spike just thought of some incredible um dialogue for him to just spout because he's so good but yeah it's and Chadwick Boseman too and Paul Walter Hauser it's yeah this movie it it looks like it's probably gonna be pretty incredible oh definitely yeah what do you got next um my next one um actually I hadn't really thought much of this movie until I saw a second trailer for it came out a few days ago which was Birds of Prey um I think I'm kind of on the record and i I mean, I'm not done with superhero movies, but I'm. They have to do a little more. It can't just be a build up to a third act where everything's falling from the sky and people are punching each other anymore. It needs to do, do something a little different. Uh, and Birds of Prey just looks lovely. Um, <laughs> I really love what Margot Robbie's doing in this, uh, at least in this trailer. And it seems like um, just with an, an injection of a different perspective on this character. I mean, we in Suicide Squad, it was definitely a lot of leering shots at uh, Harley Quinn and it was definitely like a, from a male perspective and you, it definitely seems like a great recalculation of that character where she's just it's just focusing on her zippiness and just her 
quirky and possibly psychotic <laughs> personality. Um, but yeah, this just looks like a really great piece of feminism where it lo- everything's sparkly and people get blown in the face and they turn into like fireworks. Uh, <laughs> just and if you notice like the first scene of the second trailer where Margaret Robbie shoots um, the police officer behind the counter, uh, I think she's shooting. It looks like it's bubble gum that's coming out of her gun. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. So like, there's like some weird like unreliable narrator stuff with Margaret Robbie where she's going to, as Harley Quinn kind of be explaining this movie and kind of adding her own like fun little touches to it, um, which I'm all here for. And it's just also, also just an incredible trailer to the, to the Bjork song. Uh, it's, this looks really fun. I don't really know quite what to expect from it, but it looks kind of crazy and all over the place and I'm here for it. It looks really fun. I a hundred percent agree with you. I mean, the trailers have been really good so far and I think that it, it's definitely going to kind of, it looks zany like um, Suicide Squad, but I think in a different way. And I think that it definitely has the potential to be probably the best comic book film of the year and a year that is pretty overall, pretty um, female centric in terms of comic book films. And I think that'll be a neat change of pace for uh, moviegoers as well with Wonder Woman 84, Black Panther, or sorry, Black uh, Widow. Um, it'll be neat to see. Uh, but if you're talking about crazy, I'll talk about my next pick. It's um, <laughs> the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run. Um I'm saying this because you can't go wrong. I mean, you got Keanu Reeves is in there. I mean, Hans Zimmer is the composer for this film, and it's SpongeBob, man. This is going to be a fun film, a good time. I mean, I, I think this is probably one of the most uh, guaranteed uh, in, enjoyable films of the year. <laughs> yeah, it, it had me as soon as Keanu Reeves was – his face was in um... – just like his glowing face was in whatever that the tumbleweed or whatever. It's <laughs> um, uh, I grew up with SpongeBob. Where I feel like we both did. We're kind of both that age uh, where we'd never quite left, and all the memes have stayed with us. So anything SpongeBob related, like I'm in. I don't. I don't really care. <laughs> it's just it looks hilarious. That's kind of all you want from a SpongeBob thing. Man, isn't isn't Keanu Reeves such like a SpongeBob thing to do? Like such a SpongeBob <laughs> pickup. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good ad to the uh, to the cast. I mean, this it's going to be a fun film, and it's neat too because the it's more like a claymation, not like the animation in the uh, television series. So it's not kind of neat to have this kind of change of pace with uh, SpongeBob. Yeah, and it's not even like the first time we've had some of these crazy cameos because if you remember in the first one, it had um, David Hasselhoff was in there and had like yep. an unbelievable cameo, which actually is probably one of my favorite movie cameos ever, if I'm being honest. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of more of the same, but from, from what you would expect from a SpongeBob movie, but done in the most creative and just ridiculous way. So yeah, it's, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's, I'm really yeah, excited I mean, for it. You can't doubt it. It's, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my pick, my next one, um, is a movie that I saw the trailer for it and I knew immediately that I was going to cry. Um, and that's soul, the uh, Pixar movie. Uh, they have another one onward coming out as well, but I think soul is the more interesting out of the two for me. Um, just cause I mean, it's Pixar talking about, it's literally in the title, just about souls and like that's this movie's going to center around, uh, uh, reincarnation. Um, a great cast of Jimmy Fox and, Tina Fey and uh, Questlove is in there too. Felicia Rashad and David Diggs. Um, basically, it's just about a jazz musician who, who he basically just falls down uh, into like uh, what? What are the, those? He falls down in, in a hole in the street and basically he's dead. <laughs> his soul separates from his body and he's kind of in like this training center for souls who have to like basically just improve themselves before they're put back into a body. Um, which that's just like 
crazy stuff. And <laughs> the fact that Pixar can have these crazy conversations about life and meaning and thoughts is just it just astounds me that they make a billion dollars and they keep turning them out is just really cool to me. Um, so uh, my, this kind of seems in the same line as inside out, which is my favorite Pixar movie. Um, I sometimes I still think about bing bong uh, disappearing and I tear up. It's just like all of my childhood memories just disintegrating. So I imagine that soul will continue that. And I'm going to ugly cry for however long this movie is. Um, so I'm preparing for my, I'm preparing for that fate coming this summer. Honestly, I think that, um, Pete Doctor as well. He's obviously the director, writer, director around this film, and he, in my opinion, he hasn't missed a mark in his career. I think he's been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he did Inside Out, he did Up, I believe he did uh, the first Monsters Inc. If I'm not mistaken, um, and he also helped write the screenplay for the first Toy Story, which he was Academy nominated for. I mean, this is the best guy at Pixar right now, and I think he's the new uh, kind of head of Pixar. Um, and and he's the perfect guy to to be in that position. He's just a phenomenal filmmaker, and I'm I'm so excited for this. It's I agree with you. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. Yeah, he's been involved in just about like all of their incredible stuff in one way or another. Or it's Toy Story, Wally, Incredibles. Like yeah, he's just he's when you see him involved in something at Pixar, you know it's probably gonna be really great. Um, so it's just and it's just. Like the beginning of the movie, it seems like it's really capturing uh, a little just piece of culture with Jamie Foxx um, in the city, just as a jazz musician. It it looks it's tackling something a little different than what we normally see in a lot of kids' movies. So I I can't wait. It's gonna be really great, and I'm gonna be there. Just I'm gonna be just a mess afterwards. <laughs> so oh, it's, uh, it's I need to. Fun. Yeah, it's gonna be brutal, but I can't wait for it. I'm all here for it. He's, he's great. Um, I'll, I'll kind of keep in the same vein. My next one is Onward. Um, that's the other Pixar film that comes out in March. Uh, this one looks pretty interesting. I think that obviously out of the two, I think Soul's going to – Soul seems like it's going to be set up to hit you a little bit harder. But I, I'm, I'm kind of anticipating that Onward's going to probably have some moments in there that will take some people by surprise and really just, just kind of be a sweet uh, – kind of be a sweet film. And I mean you got Tom Holland and Chris Pratt in there voicing uh, – the two leads octavia spencer's in this film as well um it looks pretty interesting i mean it's about obviously it's an urban fantasy it's about um uh like uh troll type characters they 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 use magic they live in this kind of magic world and i think that it's going to be a cool family film a cool family dynamic and a cool kind of brotherhood story um but i gotta throw this in in there because i always love to see new original pixar films i know they haven't quite been up to par this last decade i mean there have been some phenomenal ones but i think they've they've missed their mark a couple times um but for the most part they're always pretty solid and i'm really excited this year just because of obviously soul and onward that's two original films and that's what we want to see from pixar right i mean it's great to see all these franchises come back many years after their um uh, predecessors but it's always great to see a pixar original yeah and i i can't remember when it happened but there was some conference where they kind of were they were discussing their outlook in the years to come and it seemed like after they had come out with Incredibles 2 and Toy Story 4. They were going to start pivoting towards more original stuff, which I'm all for. I mean, some of them don't work. I don't really love Brave, um, The Good Dinosaur. I mean, that was there was a lot of production issues with that, but that's also another one that I'm not totally in love with. But yeah, I'm I'm actually really interested in Onward just because there's part of that where it's it's like a road trip movie, but there's also like like they're looking for their dad, if I remember correctly, and he's like yeah. half of his body is there, so it's just like the waist down which is just a very strange image to put in a kid's movie. Um, I think 
this movie is there's a lot of window dressing with all the fun kind of dwarf and all these fantastical things that they're kind of dressing up this world with. But I think there's there's definitely something more to this, and I think a lot of heart there that I think will kind of cut at uh, us cynical older people. Um, I think there's I think onwards I don't know if it's going to do really well at the box office, but I think there's a lot there, and it could be really fascinating. No, for sure, I definitely agree there. Um, but yeah, my my next movie um, is one uh, I don't really know anything about, and that's Dune. Um, so I know a lot of people have read the books and saw the David Lynch movie, and I've done neither. I don't really know anything about Dune. I just know that there's um, the big thing in this universe is a spice, which kind of just extends human life and does all these crazy things for people. And there's like big giant sandworms out there that are just really cool Leviathan like monsters. Um, but uh, the reason that I'm just really fascinated in this movie is because it's directed by uh, Denis Villeneuve, uh, who's just probably the best science fiction person just out there. Uh, maybe Alex Garland is something to say about that as well. But um, yeah, it's Blade, Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, just all these incredible things. And even back to stuff like Prisoners and Sicario and Incendies, like Denis Villeneuve is just top notch. And he's in my book, he's never made anything that's less than really, really great. Um, but yeah, you have this incredible cast with people like Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Stone Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, Zendaya, um, Jason Momoa is in there too, Javier Bardem, and even Charlotte Rampling. Like this cast is just absurd. Um, and it seems like from what I've gathered from doing research and whatnot, this is part one of two because there's the, I think the book is two parts as well. So I'm hoping that this movie is really great, but I also hope that it does really well at the box office so we can get that part two. Um, just because Blade Runner 2049 just wasn't great. I, I mean, it was well received, but it, it didn't perform very well at the box office, which was kind of a bummer. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping for the best for Dune and all fronts because I think Denny Villeneuve is probably the perfect guy to direct this material. Yeah, Denny is, uh, he, he's doing Canada proud. He's doing us proud up here. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a talent. I mean, he's, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah, he's I like I said, I've loved all of his movies. Um I think even Enemy is probably it might be one of my might might be my favorite of his. Um it's just a very strange movie. I think it's on Netflix right now, so people can check that out. But there's something off about all of his movies and he finds really interesting ways to add a bit of humanity. I think one of his big kind of a lot of his detractors have said that he's a little bit of a cold director. Um and I don't know if I agree with that. I Arrival was probably like one of the most heartfelt, like emotional things I've I saw this past decade. Um, so he's definitely capable of that. And I mean, he's this great cast. I, th- I think this movie, um, from what I understand, if the, if the source material is that great, then he's probably going to get the best stuff out of it. So I I can't wait. And he's been working on this movie for a really long time. So I I can imagine that he's bringing his A game on this one. No, definitely, and I'm really looking forward to that one as well. It's going to be great. Uh, the next one on the list here, it's another kind of big blockbuster, No Time to Die. Obviously, it's the last Daniel Craig Bond film, the 25th installment in the James Bond franchise. Kerry uh, Fukunaga is directing this, this film, but what kind of intrigues me is uh, obviously you got a, a great cast for a uh, 
big blockbuster like this. I mean, Rami Malek's in the villain role. I think that's a great villain. Um, <laughs> I think he, he's going to make for a great villain. Uh, Naomi Harris is in this film. Anna de Armas kind of coming off some Knives Out fame is in this film. Christoph Waltz uh, returns again. Jeffrey Wright's in this movie. you got a pretty solid cast all around here. It's pretty... Uh, pretty entertaining i think it's going to be great um specter obviously was a little bit of a miss in my book but i love skyfall but it's great to get a new director on board to kind of change the image of this franchise a little bit um i know daniel craig is seems like he's kind of sick and tired of it but i hope that he uh <laughs> i hope that he um gives us one last kick and phoebe waller bridge um who created Fleabag, she's she's one of the writers for this film, and I think that is quite intriguing. I mean, if you turn on any award show this past 12 months, she, she her name's all over them. Um, so I think that was a great pickup for this film. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think Carrie Fukunaga, I think, is a really interesting director. Uh, I loved the first season of True Detective, which you basically just saw all the way through. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Uh, there's one bit of news that kind of concerned me about this movie where they said he was like late to set because he was playing video games or something like that. I don't I don't really know how true that is, but that just made me a little nervous. Um, I think didn't Daniel Craig, I think he also broke his ankle at one point during a shooting of this movie. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think this is really fascinating. I think it has a chance to be really, really fun. Nice, just kind of like a curtain call or a nice like salutation to Daniel Craig as Bond as he kind of closes out here. I hope his paycheck was really nice because that's probably what he was hoping for when he was doing all this um, arguing and kind of complaining about the Bond role. But yeah, it, this movie looks really fun. I'm a little nervous that it's going to be like five movies in one because it seems like there's just so much going on. You have whatever Malik is doing and then you have Leah Seydoux and then you have um, uh, the... The woman, Double uh, O, coming in. I forget her name, but I know she's from uh, Captain Marvel, also in the picture as well. It seems like there's a lot of pieces that this movie's trying to like fit together. Um, but I, like I said, I, I, I do trust Carrie Fukunaga, and I think, um, yeah, having that flea bag influence as well is really important for this kind of movie. So we'll see. I'm really interested. What's, what's your uh, favorite uh, Craig Bond film? Uh, I think it is. It's ooh. I was going to say Skyfall there for a second, but I really love Casino Royale. I mean, I think it's definitely between those two, right? Because I don't even, I still don't understand what happened in Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then um, somehow they made uh, the Illuminati boring Inspector, uh, which is kind of a bummer. Um, but ooh, I think those two are also just some of my favorite Bond movies ever. Um, I think it really just depends on which one I watched recently. Um, so I guess right now I, I watched Skyfall the other day, so I'd probably say Skyfall. Yeah, I like the. I just love the, uh, just the overall kind of image of Skyfall and just the the uh, aesthetic of that film and just how grand it feels. Um, it definitely took a lot of inspiration from Nolan's Dark Knight films. Um, but yeah, Casino Royale. I mean, you can't go wrong there. That's a that's a fantastic one. Yeah, this I, No Time to Die looks like it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it looks from the trailer. It looks like like um, Daniel Craig is really trying which is kind of like he kind of felt like he was on autopilot inspector a little bit. So um, hopefully he's there and I'm, I love him as an actor and he was amazing at knives out. So if he's like, if he's dialed in, then I'm sure it'll be watchable in in some way. Um, For sure. But yeah, I I think we'll go on to my next one, which is one of my more anticipated of the year. It's uh, the last duel. Um, So this is a really interesting uh, movie. So it's Ridley Scott directing it. And this is, on the script for this one is Affleck and Damon. So this is the first time that they've written a script together since Goodwill Hunting, which is really cool. And they also brought in Nicole Hoffcenter, 
uh, who wrote uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me and a bunch of other really good stuff. She's probably one of the better woman screenwriters right now. I think she's her work is tremendous. Um, but it makes sense that they brought her on because the main the story is about basically um, just back in medieval-ish times, 1400s, something like that, uh, two friends. Um, supposedly Damon and Affleck are playing these two friends. One goes off to war, um, comes back and accuses the other one of raping the other one's wife. Um, no one believes that no one believes the wife at all. So the sol- the soldier goes, um, to the King of France, uh, basically to undo a decision uh, made by the count, which said like, Oh yeah, they were like the other, one of the guys did nothing wrong. Um, and so the King of France is like, all right, well, we're going to settle this by, um, having a duel between these two. So yeah, it's it's a lot of going back and forth between these two people and who do we believe, and I think that's just a really poignant way to kind of discuss this uh, kind of material. And I think it's really smart that I think I forget what podcast they uh, Damon was talking on, but he mentioned how they brought on uh, Nicole Hall Center to kind of kind of flesh out and the women part of this all. So it wasn't just like three men, him like Damon Affleck and Ridley Scott kind of discussing this topic. So I think very. It's very admirable on their parts to do that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's Matt Damon and Affleck starring and writing in a movie. Like, you really can't get much more than that. Yeah, no, I'm, that's one I'm looking forward to, too, as well. That would have been on my list. That's a that's a really uh, intriguing piece there. The next one I have is uh, The Woman in the Window, based off the novel of the same name that came out uh, pretty recently. It's starring Amy Adams. That's pretty much the reason I have this on here. I mean, she's, she's phenomenal. <laughs> um, Joe Wright's the director of this film, and he's... Um, not a, not a bad director. He he hasn't done a ton lately. I mean, he did the Darkest Hour a couple of years ago with Gary Oldman. Um, but he brings back Gary Oldman for this film. He also got uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, um, Julianne Moore. So you got you got a pretty strong overall cast here. Brian Tyree Henry's in this film. Um, Tracy Letts is in this film as well. Um, but uh, that's a film I'm really looking forward to. And it, I kind of I, I I wanted to avoid the trailer, but I was in the theater and it played. So I, I was like, yeah, whatever, let's just watch it. And, um, cause I know the, the basic premise, I mean, it's a woman, she, she has kind of a, a fear of kind of going outside, being in public places. She just stays in her, in her house. It's, it's kind of built as a psychological thriller. Um, so I, I hope they really do deliver on that part. Um, but it's just, it's Amy Adams. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm there too. Amy Adams is just tremendous. I love her and everything and she makes everything better. Um, I can't tell if this movie's going to be like schlock or really, really good. Um, so it could definitely be awful. <laughs> it could be really bad, but like in a really entertainingly uh, bad way. So, I mean, either way, I think either way, I think we win in my book. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> this, it's, this could be really fun. This could be like one of those weird middle of summer things that comes out of nowhere, and everyone's like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hope it delivers. But either way, I mean. She can do no wrong for the most part. It's just let's hope everything around her is uh, is up to par. Yeah, she's never been the problem any in any movie that she's been in. That's for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, what do you got next? So my next one is a little smaller one, but it's the Souvenir Part Two. Um, so the Souvenir, which came out this past year in 2019, and uh, I saw it at Sundance back at the beginning of the year. It's kind of one of those movies where it's it's very austere, very slow moving. Um, it's a, it's about a bad a bad uh, relationship between uh, this uh, f- this film student uh, who's played by Honor Swinburne, uh, Tilda Swinton's uh, daughter, and Tilda Swinton's also in the movie playing her mom, um, and she has this really bad relationship with um, this guy Tom Burke, who kind of 
he he plays himself like he's very more he's very much more important and like worldly than he really is because what it turns out is he's an, he's a heroin addict um, and the movie's a lot about how we kind of maybe forgive or don't or look past some of our partners kind of kind of grosser tendencies because we're kind of either blinded by love or really want to feel loved and feel like we're a part of something and it's a really thoughtful movie and I it's one of those things where I watched it, I thought I was like, wow, that's probably like a half an hour too long because it's really slow moving and I wouldn't really expect anyone to like any so-and-so uh, film watcher just to watch it and then be like, oh, that was incredible because it's very slow moving. You really have to get on its pace. But after you just it's one of those movies, you just, it just kind of hangs around for a while and you like it more and more and then kind of by the time that we were making, I was making my end of the year stuff, it was it ended up being one of my favorites of the year and i think it's tremendous um so this is really cool that we get a kind of a continuation of this story which is especially since another 824 movie and i mean how often do we kind of see these things on such a small scale get sequels uh, i think that's really cool uh so i don't really know much about what this movie is um joanna hogg is coming back to direct it um honor swinton burn is back in it as well and tilda swinton is in it as well um it was funny, Robert Pattinson was supposed to be in it at one point, but then his schedules kind of got crossed because he's going to be in Tenet. Um, so that kind of screwed with, with everything there. Uh, but uh, Joe Alwyn, um, Taylor Taylor Swift Bay is going to be in this movie. <laughs> uh, so uh, I imagine that he'll kind of probably be like a new uh, love interest for her or something like that. But I can't wait for this movie. I don't really know what's, what's going to be, uh, but I think it has the potential to be really cool and become if this movie is good, it has a chance to become like one of these like indie, like romance, like sagas that people fall in love with uh, for years and years. So I'm, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. I mean, the first film was great. So, I mean, uh, as you said, it's really neat to see um, something on this kind of small of a scale branch out into, in, into a sequel or maybe into a potential franchise. I think that's a really interesting prospect and a 24 as well. I mean, it's just, it's always cool to see that happen. I mean, just, you don't see it often. So it's, it's something that, um, should intrigue, uh, film fans for sure. Um, the next one I have is last night in Soho, the last night in Soho, which is, uh, Edgar Wright's next film. Um, he obviously did baby driver and a bunch of other, uh, British films and he's he's a fantastic uh, uh director and writer he, he makes some very entertaining films so i'm looking forward to this one especially because it's utilizing time travel um i don't know too much about the movie but i know that you got thomas and mckenzie and anya taylor joy in this film as the two leads i think that's enough to sell uh sell the film for me and with edgar right behind the camera um but i mean it's 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 going to be neat have you really been looking into this film at all uh, I am I am really interested in it. Um, I'm not the biggest Edgar Wright fan. Uh, I know a lot of people love him. I I like a lot of his movies. Um, I I don't like Scott Pilgrim versus um, the World or whatever it's called. I don't like that movie very much. Um, I think a lot of his editing choices, what what people think are really fun, I think they're kind of like obnoxious and they get really tiring. Um, but I do love a lot of a lot of his movies as well. I, I think Baby Driver is tremendous. Um, so I mean. Sure. Great cast, time travel. Why not? You know, it could be really fun. It'll be neat. And it's kind of going to be a psychological horror as well. So it's going to kind of dive into a vein that maybe he hasn't jumped into as much as some other areas. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's a focus features film, so uh, it, sh- it should be pretty solid. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, this is a director. I think, as you said, you, you don't love all his films, but I'm kind of in a similar boat as you. I don't I don't love all of his movies. I like a lot of his films, but I just like the premise here and the two leads. I mean, Anya Taylor-Joy, I think, is going to become one of the better actresses over the next few decades. Yeah, and she has another movie coming out this year called Emma, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, but yeah, she's she's great. I, I love everything that she's in. There's absolutely yeah, no question there. Definitely. And even Thomas and Mackenzie, I mean, she was good in Jojo and then uh, Leave No Trace the year before. I mean, she, she's she's on a little bit of a tear, so it's going to be great to see her also um, kind of get put out there a little bit more as well. Yeah, she's definitely on the rise. Absolutely. Um, but we'll, we'll shift to my next one here, which is a movie that I've been looking forward to for a while. It's called The Last Thing He Wanted. Um, it was originally supposed to come out uh, for awards contention uh, this year. But I think it's this is a Netflix film. I think they wanted to push it until 2020 just to give it a chance to maybe give it the chance for the Irishman and Marriage Story and all the other things they have a little room to breathe. Because uh, I think this is definitely going to be a awards contender. Um, so this is directed by and written by uh, D. Reese, who did Mudbound for Netflix a couple of years ago. And it's it's based off the Joan Didion novel of the same name. Um, and stars... Anne Hathaway, uh, Willem Dafoe, uh, Ben Affleck is in it, Tommy Jones, Rosie Perez, too. Uh, just a really solid cast. Um, and it's it's about a journalist played by Anne Hathaway who um, kind of gets caught in um, it's just a web of either uh, lies and deceit. It's, it, looks, it sounds like a really juicy kind of story. And I think um, people will seem to really love that novel. novel. It's a Didion novel, so probably – um, but it's also premiering at Sundance, which I'm headed to in a couple weeks. So I really hope I get a chance to see it there. Fingers crossed. But yeah, I don't really know much about this movie, but you kind of just see everything in, involved in the pedigree. It's, it just gets you immediately excited. Yeah. I mean, that, that's an interesting one. I mean, Anne Hathaway is probably one of my favorite, uh, people in the business right now. I mean, she's obviously terrific and Ben Affleck in, in good stuff. I mean, you got that and the last duel, he's going to have a pretty good year and Willem Dafoe. I mean, he can do no wrong as well. So yeah, I think it's smart that Netflix held off on this one, push it to next year, see how it does next year. Cause I mean, they were way too busy this year, but it seems like they're going to get pretty busy again next year with uh, their awards films. Yeah. It seems like they're probably going to be even busier. Um, we'll get to a couple more Netflix movies in a little bit, but <laughs> I don't really, it seems like they have even like they had like what three or four films they were trying to push for Oscars, and it seems like even like north of that this year. So I don't know. It might be another thing where one of them gets um, kind of boxed out because there's just so much competition. Who knows? Yeah, it'll be crazy to see how all all that plays out. Um, but the next one on my list is is kind of more of a pure kind of thriller horror film. Um, it's called Antebellum. Uh, have you seen the trailer? Um, I have not actually. I heard people were like this looks really weird and it's um, kind of like in the vein of like get out and they're trying to go after that. And I saw exactly. Janelle Monet and I was like, cool. I don't need to see anything. I'll, yeah. I'll come wait, um, from, wait for so the trailer. Yeah, they're, kind of, they, they're kind of pushing um, heavily that it's from the producers of get out and us. And it kind of has a similar release date to those two films as well. Like early on in the year, it's coming out in April. So it's a little bit later than when us and get out came out, but they are really pushing that it's kind of in that vein. And it's a, it's about an author uh, played by obviously Janelle Monet and she's a, terrific actress as well. I think she's great, but it's about this author who finds herself kind of trapped in this nightmare where she's kind of back in the uh, slavery days, back in the deep South in the United States. And I think it's going to tackle some very heavy material. Um, and and it, it's going to be weird, um, obviously, but I think that 
when people kind of understand what the film's overall about, because the trailer, it, it kind of displays it, but you don't really understand until you would read a, a plot description, but she's kind of just trying to find a way to break out of this, um, this nightmare. And I think it's going to not only tackle some heavy things, but also just be a, a really great thrill ride as well. And I feel like, has Janelle, Janelle Monáe like ever had like a starring vehicle for herself? Because she's been in so many great like things, but I don't think it's ever been like starring Janelle Monáe. Which so I'm really excited for her to get that chance. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think at all. I mean, she's she's always been a great uh, supporting actress in in all the films she's been in. So it's going to be great to see her front and center, and she deserves it too. I mean, she's a great talent, and uh, this seems like a really good vehicle for her to kind of get behind. Yeah, no doubt. I heard her. Uh, role in moonlight is one of i just love her in that movie but yeah i I can't wait it looks really fun um so i guess we'll transition to my next movie which is uh the french dispatch which is wes anderson's new movie um basically uh there's not a lot of information about this one either i this is through fox searchlight so i imagine that they might try for some type of awards consideration for this movie as well um but basically it's set in an outpost of an american newspaper uh and a fictional uh, 20th century French city. Uh, so there's a lot of um, Wes Anderson just kind of buzzwords in there where it's just a, uh, <laughs> a fictional European town, a lot of interesting characters. Um, he has his calling cards. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of symmetry in this movie, a lot of bright, vibrant colors, a lot of goofy um, deadpan deliveries. Um, and it's also just an incredible cast. You got this is this might even be a bigger cast than for Dune because it has Francis McDormand, uh, Bill Murray, uh, Timothy Chalamet, Jeffrey Wright, Benicio del Toro, Leah Seydoux, Tilda Swinton, uh, Saoirse Ronan, Kate Winslet, Elizabeth Moss, <laughs> Willem Dafoe. It just keeps going and going. I got Christoph Waltz, Owen Wilson, Adrian Brody, Jason Schwartzman, and you got Henry Winkler in there too. Um, <laughs> this cast is really stacked, and I imagine just from so many great actors in it. This is like, this centers on three storylines. I wonder if it's going to be like a, some type of like small anthology type of film. Um, either way, uh, so much great talent in here. Wes Anderson is terrific. I didn't love Isle of Dogs, but I, I really enjoy his work overall. So uh, really interesting. I, I can't wait for this one. Yeah. It's great to see another one of his films. And I mean, it's obviously going to be uh, a heavyweight come award season. I mean, it, with a cast like that and, and just his, his vision, um, you know, it's going to be good. Yeah. There's it's, it's a Wes Anderson movie. You know what you're going to get uh, at this point and it's probably going to be, be pretty delightful and you're going to like it. <laughs> and do they have a release date yet for that film? I don't think so. I think I'm, I imagine that it'll probably be since we don't know anything about it yet as terms of release, it'll probably be sometime in the fall Yeah, or one of those is that, that would be my guess. Okay. Um, the next one I got is a Steven Spielberg film. I, I love Steven Spielberg. I mean, I think he's made some gems. He's not as good as he used to be, but I, I'm happy to see him here tackling a musical. It's the his uh, rendition of West Side Story starring Ansel Elgert. Um, it's coming out. It kind of has a Christmas-ish release. It's coming out in late uh, December of 2020. And I think that um, Steven Spielberg, uh, this is going to be kind of the film where I think he he competes big time in, in next year's award season because, I mean, it's a musical. I, I enjoy musicals for the most part, but I just don't think I see enough of them. So I'm really excited to see um, what, what he has to do with this film. I mean, it obviously is it's the classic story of um, two, two people who, who fall in love and they just can't because they're from rival gangs. I mean, it's just a kind of a classic tale that could be co- told in so many different ways. But I'm just excited to see him uh, tackling a musical. Yeah, I I don't when I when I heard news that Spielberg was doing this, my first 
response was why. Um, I don't really know why you need to do West Side Story again, but it seems like because Spielberg is like connected to so many different projects, and he said he's he's doing like ten different things at certain times, and a bunch of them fall by the wayside. But he was adamant that he really wanted to make this for a really long time. So it seems like he found something in there that he can update uh, for a new period. And who knows? Um, I mean, it's Spielberg. You really can't like go against him at this point. Like if he really has a vision for something that it's, it's probably really good. Um, so yeah, it's one of those that I'm not crazy about, but I imagine will be a lot better than I'm initially thinking. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be neat too, because it'll be the sixth um, decade that he's kind of had a feature film released in um, his first one back in 1971 his first feature film came out um so now we're jumping like almost 50 years later with uh west side story i think that's just kind of a really cool thing and he, he's just such a great director that's crazy to think about we're all getting old that's scary yeah so my next film uh is another netflix movie um and i wonder if this one i imagine that netflix will probably make an awards push for this one but i don't know quite how it'll do because this is charlie kaufman's latest movie uh, writing and directing this movie which is really cool um but this is called i'm thinking of ending things um so obviously he's done eternal sunshine of the spotless mind he wrote that and wrote being john malkovich he wrote and directed anomalisa a few years ago uh, just one of the most fascinating um writers that really kind of gets at just kind of life in general and kind of despair and all these really interesting ways and being John Malkovich is one of the most creative movies that you'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking of ending things. Basically, we don't know much about this one either because it's probably going to be released later this year, but it's a man um, takes his girlfriend to meet, to meet with his parents, but they find themselves going on a terrifying detour uh, as it becomes a twisting mix of palpable tension, psychological frailty and sheer terror. Um, I don't, that's the log line. I don't really know what that means. Uh, but if it's anything like any of other Charlie, Charlie Kaufman's movies, it's going to be very bizarre, um, but really heart uh, heartfelt, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a great uh, filmmaker, and I mean he he's had so many hits over the years. So I mean I I don't know how how well this is going to play kind of for a major audience, but I think it's another great Netflix pickup, and he he's such a visionary. So it'll it'll be cool to see. Uh, how this film plays out and that's a really good pick um what was he hasn't directed too many films in his life right he's he's written more than he's directed is that right or no yeah he's only so this is only his uh fourth direct uh directing credit and he's written was like like 15 20 things at this point so yeah he's kind of he picks and he picks and chooses what he does um so yeah it's he seems really interested in this one so we'll see yeah, I know he's. I mean, wonderful career. So this is going to be, uh, this is going to be really cool. And that's that's one that I almost had on my list too. I mean, um, you, you want some emotion sometimes, and he's definitely going to deliver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people will be swelling up. Uh, the next one I have is is kind of a major guilty pleasure, especially considering how this franchise is kind of turning. Um, but it's uh, it's Godzilla versus Kong. Um, God, I love I love monster movies and. I, I, I've always wanted to see a modern day uh, Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, the only one that has happened before is 1962. That's two guys in a suit, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just want to see these big CGI monsters go at it. I don't care. I, I don't care about the plot, the human characters, whatever. I know they got obviously the big names back again. I mean, the monster versus 
there's been some issues with this film as well, because after what happened with uh, King of the Monsters um, this past year, I mean, it didn't do too well at the box office. It made nearly $400 million, but that is not what they want. I mean, it needed to be on par with the first one, and it wasn't. So they decided, let's push this movie back six months, and let's make it better. That doesn't sound too good, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, the cast, I mean, Skarsgård's there, Emily Bobby Brown's back. Uh, Denai uh, Guerrero is, is here from... Uh, from Walking Dead, I believe she's in this film, or she was attached to it at one point. Brian Tyree Henry's here. I don't, I don't really care though. I mean, it's just, it's about Godzilla. It's about King Kong. You just want to see the two big monsters go at it, and I hope they deliver on that. Um, but I mean, I was nervous when they said they were pushing it back to make it better. But even if they said they had to switch twenty directors, this would still be on my list just because of how how badly I want to see this happen. Uh, so I mean, there you go, Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just have to see giant cgi monsters wreck each other um exactly <laughs> and like i watched the king of monsters and everyone kind of hated it but i thought it was fine um i don't really know i mean yeah like the all the human people are totally useless um but i go to those movies to see monsters kill each other and it kind of it served that purpose you know it's it wasn't great definitely not a good movie i wouldn't say that but it's it serves its purpose so hopefully this movie kind of it's stitched together nicely and we see something fun because i think there is a lot of good things to come out of a <laughs> a modern day uh, Godzilla and Kong movie. So you never know. King of the Monsters too. I mean, it's kind of weird because yeah, it, it got panned by critics and, and most audiences weren't, didn't love it that much, but a lot of very loyal uh, uh, fans to the old Kaiju Godzilla films absolutely adore it. And I see it online and I mean, online, you never know if that's a big sect of the actual public, but um, there's a pretty good following with King of the Monsters just based off people who are so loyal to the old kaiju films, um, which is kind of a weird kind of scenario because I, I was a fan of some of those older films, but I didn't find myself gushing over King of the Monsters. I enjoyed it for what it was, but I need a good screenplay as well. I need a, a good story, and it just didn't deliver. But I hope this film is just it's, it's just off the, off the chains. I hope that you eliminate the stupidness with the humans and just kind of let us enjoy something, you know? Yeah, it'd be great if it was just a silent movie with just monsters the whole time. That would, that'd probably be, I feel like that's what we've all been kind of secretly hoping for this entire time. So I don't know. I don't know if, yeah, the, it, studio, I don't know like, if the studio would allow it to happen, but you never know. Put it at around like 80 minutes, 85 minutes. I think that's the perfect length for something perfect. like that. That's all, Maybe that's you'd be able to cut the budgets a bit. I mean. That's all I'm be, asking. That'd be great. I, I, can, I, say green uh, light, I say green light that. Let's do it right now. <laughs> we can get it in, in one take too. A one take yeah. film. <laughs> we'll bring we'll bring on Inaritu for that, and he'll help us out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're we're here. We're going to our number ones, right? Are we going to do some honorable mentions? Uh, yep, yeah, number ones coming up. But yeah, we'll throw in some honorable mentions. You want to start there? Um, yeah, just I'll run through them pretty quickly. Uh, one is another A twenty four movie. I think I just went through their calendar of releases. <laughs> All of them sounded really interesting to me. So this first one's called False Positive. Uh, there's really no information about it, but it's a uh, horror movie uh, written by Alana Glazer uh, for Broad City, which is just fascinating. She also stars in it and also stars uh, Justin Theroux and Pierce Brosnan as well. Um, so don't really know what this movie is, but color me intrigued. I think that's really fascinating. Um, and then another one is another A24 movie. Um, very on brand here on this pod. Um, but uh, another one where I don't really know much about it, but it stars, uh, it's called Come On, Come On and stars Joaquin Phoenix. Um, so I'm in there um and it's directed by mike mills uh who directed 20th, 20th century woman which is just a delightful just really thoughtful movie that came out a few years ago 
Um, so that's another one. And then my last one uh, is called Annette. Um, and it's directed by uh, Leos Carrix or Kara. I don't really know how to say his name, but he directed Holy Motors, which is an art house film that people love, uh, which is one that I've been kind of, it's been on my list to see for a really long time. Um, but this is going to be a prime movie and it's, it's going to star Marion Cotillard and Adam Driver. Uh, and it's a movie entirely in songs. Um, so I don't know quite what that means, but <laughs> I color me intrigued there as well. That sounds really weird and I'm here for it. That does sound good. Um, and yeah, my honorable mentions, uh, I, I kind of use them to kind of throw out some of the blockbusters. Um, I, I know I had a couple of the blockbusters in there, but uh, I, I remember you said you were you weren't giving up on superhero films, but they need to do more for you. Um, for me, I, I agree, but I'm not ready to throw them away, so I just threw them all in my honorable mentions. <laughs> um, <laughs> my honorable mentions, I just pretty much have. I got the Eternals because you have a really good cast there, and I think that it's going to be something different. Um, which is, I think, obviously what we need. I'd love for the MCU to just tone it down, maybe take two years off, but they're not doing that. So, I mean, they're going to bring us the Eternals. you got a pretty solid cast for the most part, a, a huge ensemble. Um, so I hope, I mean, they deliver there. Uh, Wonder Woman 84 is another one I threw in there because it looks pretty neat. I, I didn't dig the trailer, but, I mean, um, Patty Jenkins, good director. The first film was pretty good, and just going to throw it in there. Invisible Man is one that I th- threw in here. That's a film that... The trailer shows way too much, so if you haven't seen the trailer, don't. Um, but obviously, it's The Invisible Man. It's um, uh, starring Elizabeth Moss, great actress. This thing looks really good, and it looks like it can be fun. It looks like it could be bad as well, but, I mean, it looks like it could be a lot of fun because you got a great premise there. Um, I know you're an Elizabeth Moss fan. Do you think that – is this something you're looking forward to? I am really excited for this movie. I think, like, I'm weirdly, like, too excited for it as well. And I was, like, debating putting it on my list of ten. Um, I just think her um, – she's great. Lee Waddell, I really like him. With all, he did all the Saw stuff with James Wan and everything. And he did an Upgrade a year or two ago, which is just wonderful. A great genre movie if you haven't seen it. Um, but, yeah, this just looks like a really cool update of The Invisible, of the Invisible Man story. Um, and it's smart of Universal to finally take all of their fun monster properties and get rid of the stupid mummy and just kind of get down to like a five, ten million dollar budget and do some really fun thrillers with good actors. And this just seems really smart. And I'm really excited for it. It's, it's the perfect way to take this franchise. I mean, it, it, it's the perfect way to take it. I and mean, this is going to be interesting. I mean, who knows? It could be bad. But I mean, this this is I mean, Lee Winnell, as you said, upgrades a good movie. I mean, hopefully he had what he needed to make this thing good because the trailers just, I mean, they show a lot, but they look like it's going to be a lot of fun and and just really interesting and just a great kind of early thriller. I think it's coming out late February, so be on the lookout for that one. Um, You want to go with your top pick and then I'll go with mine? Yeah, so my my top pick of the year, I think it has to be Mank. Um, It's the new David Fincher movie. I've I've been waiting for a Fincher movie for years now because he's just... He's been really involved with Netflix and doing House of Cards and Mindhunter and all these things. But now he's back with Netflix for a movie this time, which is just the greatest thing ever. I think Fincher is probably one of the quietly one of the most important and probably the best filmmakers that we have. Um, so this movie is based uh, based off of uh, Herman J. Mankiewicz and kind of his fight with Orson Welles over screenwriting credit for Citizen Kane. Um and it's written by uh, Jack Fincher, uh, fin- uh, David Fincher's uh, dad, and he- his dad died. I think it was back in 2002. So this has kind of been something that Fincher's been wanting to make for a while. 
So it's another Netflix trend where they get whatever they get your passion projects made. Uh, but yeah, it's just a classic uh, story about one of our most important movies ever made. I don't really know much of the backstory on this, uh, and I don't really want to before I see this movie because I think that's there's something. If there's a battle here between Orson Welles and Mankiewicz, I think there's definitely really something meaty that Fincher will get at that'll probably be a little nihilistic and really fascinating. Um, but yeah, we have Tom Burke uh, as Orson Welles. He was um, the bad boyfriend in the souvenir that I mentioned before. And that's probably like a perfect, that's as perfect as you can get for Orson Welles casting. Um, I think Gary Oldman's in this movie as well. Like it just, it's a David Fincher movie. Like what more can you ask for? It looks, it sounds incredible. Yeah. And if someone said to me, um, who, who's the best, or sorry, if I asked someone who's the best director of this kind of era, this last 20 years, and they said Fincher, I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree. Like, you could, like I'd see their points, I'd understand why, and I could definitely agree with them on many fronts because the talk this year, I mean, you have so many great legends making movies this year, Tarantino, Scorsese, but when that happens, you kind of forget about what's what, what else is out there, and it, it'll be great to see Fincher back next year because he is one of the best of the best in the business. I mean, he's just wonderful, pretty much all of his filmography. I mean, he's a few kind of misses early in his career, um, but but nothing has been flat-out terrible, in my opinion. Um, this guy's just phenomenal. So many classics. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a bummer because he hasn't made a movie in quite some time, so we don't think of him quite as he's not in necessarily the the public consciousness as much as a Tarantino or Scorsese, but yeah, his last movie was six years ago with gone girl. Um, and he's been with Netflix ever since. So the fact that, yeah, the fact that he's making this and he found something really interested in, in this cause Netflix with Netflix, he probably just could have kept making TV until the day he died. Cause Netflix was just throwing money at him and he kept making really great stuff and shepherding a lot of projects for them. But the fact that he saw something really interested in, interesting here um is just fantastic so just keep throwing him money uh, let him do whatever he wants um it seems like it seems like netflix is the perfect fit for him because his kind of movie like the kind of mid to higher budgeted adult drama is could definitely fallen out of favor in the past decade so yeah this going to netflix is just um probably the smartest move for him to kind of do whatever he wants on the scale that he wants so I really can't wait. This everything about this sounds incredible, and it sounds like it's a little personal to him as well, with his dad writing it. Um, so we might get a little, little different side of Fincher this time. Who knows? Maybe he gets a little sentimental. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely what he's aiming at. I mean, it's it's great to see that happen. I mean, directors get a little bit older. They do they do films that maybe are a little bit more personal, and I think that's maybe what we'll be seeing with this film. And I think by the time his career is said and done, he'll he'll go down as one of the all-time great directors. Um, segwaying kind of into my top pick is Max, a great one. My top pick is also from one of uh, this kind of generation of filmmakers is top directors, uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Um, highly anticipated Tenet is coming out this summer. I'm so excited for that film. Um, did you see the prologue? I did not. I didn't get a chance to. Okay. Well, I played before uh, the IMAX showing of Star Wars, and mm -hmm. I, I, I checked it out. Um Great prologue, really interesting. John David Washington is starring in this film. He's the lead, and that's great. I mean, I think he's going to be an absolute superstar. Um, kind of jumping off of uh, Black Klansman a couple of years ago, you've got him in this major blockbuster. I mean, that's exciting. Robert Pattinson's in this film. Obviously, Michael Caine has returned. Um, he's just kind of a staple with Nolan films. Amish Patel from 
yesterday is in this film. That's kind of a neat uh, guy to throw in there. Aaron Taylor Johnson's in this movie, and Elizabeth Debicki is also in this movie. I absolutely loved her in Widows, so I mean, seeing her in a Nolan film is great. I mean, you don't know too much about this movie when you watch the trailer. You know that there's some sort of time travel element involved. It's big scale, big scope. It's pretty much what you're what you've come to know uh, with with Christopher Nolan. And I think the budget was released the other day, $205 million. That's his like second highest budgeted film behind The Dark Knight Rises. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm hyped for this movie. So does the prologue kind of like explain anything about this movie? Because I watched this and I was like, yeah, there's some, there's some weird time stuff going on. There's loops happening and within real life, maybe the afterlife isn't here somewhere. Uh, is, does that prologue explain anything or no? Uh like I don't want I'm not going to go through too much of what happens in it but essentially John David Washington's character is going through a little mission he kind of has a mission he's he's going going on and um at the end of the mission um he he's talking to somebody and they they pretty much just kind of reveal that what he's looking for hasn't happened yet and it it kind of just kind of blows your mind there it's about a 6 minute prologue so it was kind of funny I remember watching the movie in theaters and you had people um Kind of because it, it played before Star Wars, obviously, and you had people come in and, and they were kind of looking up and they're like, Are we in the wrong theater? And they walked out. Because <laughs> uh, it, it seems like you're walking in right into the middle of a movie, right? Because you got this six minute scene going on. But no, they don't really explain too much, um, which is cool with me. I mean, it'll be neat to kind of just go into this thing blind. I remember Robert Pattinson also read the script a while back and he said it absolutely blew his mind. And uh, there was rumors that this thing, I mean, I don't, there's no runtime released. I doubt it's going to be like well over three hours. It's probably going to be in the upper two forties, like interstellar, um, and some of his other kind of bigger epics. But I remember there were like rumors that this thing's going to be like three and a half, four hours. I don't see that happening, but, um, whatever it is, it's going to be an epic for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this movie. Um, I'm not the biggest Nolan fan. Um, and, Maybe the Nolan Knights on Twitter might get at me for that. That's fine. Uh, but I, I really like all of his movies, but I really struggle saying that I love any of them. I, I, weirdly, I think The Prestige is my favorite Nolan movie. Because uh, I, I, I don't really love a lot of his writing. Um, I think he's a very cold director. Um, so every time he tries to inject a lot of like emotion, I just don't feel any of it. Uh, which is why I'm really excited for Tenet, because this movie looks cold as, and cynical as hell. <laughs> so I think this has a chance to be incredible because of all those things and he's kind of just he's just going headfirst into what he knows best which is a lot of slick people in suits talking coldly to each other and kind of being (laughs) surrogates for himself um so i can't wait uh this movie looks really cool uh there's you have no quarrels with me on that one yeah you also have uh i think you'll like this a lot i don't know if you know this but the editor for this film is jennifer lane Beautiful. I love uh, it. Um, obviously, big Noah Baumbach collaborator. She did, obviously, Marriage Story, Meyerowitz Stories, a couple of his other films, Francis Haw. She's also done Midsummer, Hereditary. Um, seeing her now jumping into a big blockbuster and becoming the editor for one of uh, uh, Nolan's movies, I mean, that that's just cool as well. Yeah, it's... I, I mean, it's kind of... We're at the point now where, like, all these, like, time stuff and the crazy Hunzimer score and everything, like, you can kind of, like, parody a lot of what Nolan does, but... He just a lot of it just works, man. He's got a really he's got a really thoughtful, um, just crazy creative mind. I mean, sometimes it doesn't always work, but I mean, there's a reason why he's one of the few guys, or basically the only guy who gets these crazy budgets to kind of make these crazy new, never before seen stories. Um, so he has a really interesting way of creating his 
all of his movies and seeing you every time you see them, you see something you've never seen before. Like a lot of this movie looks practical, which is really cool considering so much stuff is just going in reverse while things are going forward. I don't know how you film that. Um, but yeah, it's he's he's one of a kind for better or for worse. And um, I mean, obviously, it seems kind of relevant too. I mean, not to be uh, too uh, touchy on anything, but I mean, the, the film's about a guy that's going to prevent World War Three. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> We're on the memes. <laughs> I mean, um, but I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's a he's a director that's committed to 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 film. I mean, he, he shoots on film. He shoots in IMAX, uh, 35 millimeter, 70 millimeter. He he does he does what he does, and he's very committed to it. And whether you like him or not, as a big film person i think that you can admire the fact that he's one of the only directors that can just sell a movie based off his name like i mean there there probably aren't too many other directors that take this same premise could could make the money that he's going to make with this film presumably because um i mean you just look at his filmography and he just makes so much money off films that otherwise would probably be bombs yeah it's really true i i really the only people you can think of that can sell movies off their name is probably Tarantino at this point, like even Scorsese, like silence did nothing a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Jordan Peele after he gets a few more movies under his belt. Cause he seems like he's kind of poised to be that next auteur that everyone knows. But yeah, it's, it's basically him. I mean, especially on his scale, cause who else is getting $200 million to create some weird creation that no one's ever seen before. Like it's, it's, it's incredibly unprecedented, which is why I, yeah, I can't wait. I have my birthday. I don't love all those movies, but you see a Nolan movie and it's not, it's not quite, it's nothing like you've never seen before. That's for sure. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that kind of rounds out our most anticipated for 2020. And I know people are upset. 2019 is coming to an end. A lot of people love 2019. A lot of great films that year, such a deep year. So many great filmmakers coming out, a lot of great debut films, but there's a lot to look forward to in 2020. And I hope people, uh, are very uh, open to that and looking forward to the year in film because there's so many hidden gems too that we didn't touch on that are going to come out of nowhere and we're both going to fall in love with. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a good year and I hope it, it ends up being a very fulfilling year as well. 